You're listening to Unraveling Rachel. This podcast is all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Sounds good, huh? Hi there, my friends. You are listening to the weekly unravel number four. Um, It is Thursday, February 6th. I am recording this in the morning just as I had planned, and it feels really good, especially because I have had a rough few days. I feel like I feel like it's been really up and down the last couple of weeks, especially as I haven't been feeling the best. My digestion's a little off. I've noticed, in, in fact, that I've been more tired and that I'm more tense. Um on some days more than others. And it's very reminiscent of um, how I felt in times when I was depressed before I was sick. Um, But I don't really feel, oh, there's a truck going by. I hope that the mic didn't pick that up. Um, I'm recording at my desk again so that I can enjoy the sunlight and the flowers. But anyway, I don't really feel, I feel like I am doing things and moving forward. But there's a lot of emotion that's coming up. There's a lot of how am I moving forward? What am I doing? I can kind of get like stuck in that questioning space and some worry and stuff like that. So yeah, there's emotional stuff going on. (laughs) And that's not actually what I want to talk about in this episode. um, But I will do a little update and just kind of like leave you with that. There's emotional stuff going on. I um, am being more curious with that, being more open to the fact that it just is what it is. And if I let it be that it, it can pass. And I think that part of the reason that maybe some of this is coming up is my commitment to um, re-examining my relationship with food. And I've been paying more attention to what I eat, keeping myself accountable for what I eat, and I have been avoiding added sugar. And also um, being mindful of my urges when I want to snack and eat when I'm not really hungry, but because there's something else going on. And that has revealed some things for me. And uh, I've had some frustrating moments that have led to some tears. And all in all, it's, it's good. Things are, things are coming up. And I'm okay with that. I think I don't see it as like, the world is falling apart. Not usually. I did the the other day. I had a little freak out moment. But for the most part, I can sort of see what's happening. And I'm just practicing being with it and seeing what how how I transform through it. Um, And I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited for um, I'm excited for who I'm becoming, I suppose I would say. So yeah, that's going on. And um, I haven't, I've noticed that I haven't been hydrating very well. uh, And that is probably part of why I haven't been feeling the best. So I am going to kick up my intentional hydration and aim for a gallon a day starting today. And I'm already, it's already almost 10:15, and I'm not off to the best start, but it's all right. The day's, the day's early. The day is young. I can make it happen. Okay. So enough about that. What I really wanted to talk about today is something that, um, came from this workshop that I did last weekend on the polyvagal theory. So much awesome stuff came of that. So much. And so first I want to say that for anyone considering 
going to do a thing, going to an event, going to take a yoga class, going to a workshop and like questioning like, oh, should I do it? Or, you know, I don't know. I I think if you're, I think that when we're called to something, there's a reason for it. And also the reason might be deeper than the material itself. So I, that's how I feel about this workshop, that it was so much deeper than the material itself. And I think that Jennifer, that was, that was her intent in a way. She held space for it in that way um, by really encouraging us all to just be curious about um, our experience and how it applied. Um, so it brought together a lot of insight, a lot of connecting of the dots for me of other things I had learned, experiences, other things I had learned, experiences that I had had, um, patterns, relationships, things like that. And then also, I met so many awesome people and learned from their experience. And I have a feeling that those connections that I made are going to they're going to be meaningful in some way. They're going to blossom in some way down the line. I felt that way when I went to Just Lively's Sea School in Sydney, Australia. And I kind of knew that I wasn't going there for the material. I, I'd always wanted to go to Australia. I felt just this impulse, like it was right. I felt like now is the time. And the people that I met were so incredible and they continue to inspire me. I've lost uh, touch with some of the women that I initially connected with. Um, for a while, we were having this um, this little mastermind group that we created and, and really staying connected on a weekly basis. And as life has went on, we've all kind of like flowed in and out of it. Um, one woman stuck with it, and I haven't been really present for what's been going on for her. You know, I kind of pulled away with the things going on for me, but... The point is, is that we're still connected and just because we're in this like ebb of, of really being present in one another's lives in a more intimate way as a group doesn't mean that that won't change down the line too. Like those connections are now there and they're there for a reason. So if there's something you're considering doing go do it and get curious about what might be there for you beneath like what's promised, like the yoga class and the stretches or the book club and, you know, the reading of the book and the absorption of the material or the thing that you want to go learn. Like even for me, I see now studying Chinese studies really opened a world a different world for me of a different way of looking at life. Okay. I could go on tangents forever. So one of the things, um, well, there's actually kind of a a few things, a a few themes that are going to run through what I want to talk about today. And I'm going to take a sip of some water first. Okay. So there are a few getting back on track. So there are a few things that I want to talk about today and they all weave together and I'm going to do my best to make that, that weaving clear and and braid them into something beautiful. So regret, responsibility, timing, choice, readiness, and safety. These were the things that were kind of at the forefront of my mind. Oh, um, and acceptance. Um, and what, what provoked this initially was something that someone in the workshop said this weekend that I wish everyone would do this because it's just, it's so beneficial. It's so healing and everybody needs it. And that prompted a discussion about the fact that maybe maybe that's true like kind of objectively like yes like this thing 
is good for people, but it may not be right for that person at that time. And I'm, I'm definitely guilty of, I wish everyone would X because it's so awesome or people would be so much better in this way if they, you know, just had this experience. I felt that way when I first started doing yoga. I felt that way when I had my MDMA experience. I felt that way when I had mushrooms for the first time. I've felt that way about meditation um, and about abstaining from drinking. <laughs> like, I think that all of these things have so much value. They've had so much value for me. And so, of course, it's like, well, it's easy to think they would have value for other people. Oh, Vipassana, that, that's a, a big one. I felt so like, oh my gosh, Vipassana is amazing. Everybody needs this experience. Um, and that's kind of a limited, a naive way of thinking, I think. Um, and then there's this other quote that we hear a lot, like, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I do think that's kind of true. It's trite and true. Definitely many teachers have appeared in my life in many different ways. And uh, my readiness was questionable. So just because something is, we're like bringing meditation to someone and it's like, oh, hey, here's this opportunity, like doesn't mean that it's necessarily right for them, but they're probably going to take something from it. I think even if they're not willing to like dig in and, and really sink their teeth into it, it's like a blip on their radar. Uh, this has been really true for me, especially for books in my life where someone will say like, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah book or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And then it comes up again and I'm like, Oh, so-and-so mentioned that book. Hey, well, maybe there's something to it, you know? And at some point, I'll pick it up. Kind of like the the book that I'm reading from every day, this um, Simple Abundance. It, it appeared to me. I've seen it on my shelf. I think about it. And then one day, I was ready for it. Um, and now I'm, I'm digging into it. And I've invited um, you guys along for the journey, which is a lot of fun. So, I mean, I can look back at my own journey, like I said, and just see how that happened, how I took in little bits from people and books that came in. Um, and I didn't dive all the way in because I just wasn't ready. Um, I do, I'm going I'm to talk about this more in a little bit. I do look at that and think, ooh, if I had pursued this different path or deepen my learning of this at this time, like how, how could things have been different? And that's, um, it's kind of, it's not really a useful way of thinking. <laughs> um, and there's something that was very real at that time that stopped me from pursuing those paths and that I just can't, I can't go back and change it and I can't deny it. The way that things unfolded is the way that things unfolded. And what stopped me in that time was not being ready because of fear and beliefs and not feeling safe enough to move forward. And I think that's a, for me, something that I took away from this weekend and this polyvagal workshop is that that safety, that feeling of safety or not being safe within me um, is very real within everyone is very real for each of us in our own way because we're all unique. So anyway, um, this workshop <laughs> just prompted and unleashed a lot of curiosity and um and thinking and, and putting together pieces in a way that took me down one path of like regret and another of perfection. Uh, and I'm going to get there. But first, I want to talk more about safety. The reason that I didn't pursue 
some of those things was that I didn't feel like I could. Like, I wanted to study acupuncture. I had had amazing experiences with it. My acupuncturist was incredible. I was like really digging into like the way that everything's energy and Taoism and very, um, like I had experienced it on a physical level through the healing that I was getting through the modality. And then also on a intellectual level through my study of Chinese studies. Um, and it was like, Oh my gosh, I could do this. But, um, and I even went as far, I traveled to Oregon to look at, um, OCOM, Oregon college of oriental medicine and to Seattle to check out Bastyr. I looked at PCOM, Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in San Diego, and I was like ready to make a move. But the thought of spending that much money on a degree that I didn't know how I would make money after, I didn't know if I'd be able to, it it was so uncertain. And then like moving to a new place, it was exciting, but I was terrified to leave the support network that I had in San Diego, which wasn't even much of a support network. I didn't have like a real solid group of friends. I had a job that paid really well that I hated, (laughs) but it paid really well. And I was terrified of leaving that security. Um, And I was terrified of leaving my acupuncturist and my chiropractor and these people that made me feel better. And I didn't think like in hindsight, it seems so silly, but I could have found that up there. You know, I could, there are, there are acupuncturists up there, obviously, because there's acupuncture schools. There were, there would certainly be chiropractors and there would be jobs, but I had very much a, a scarcity mentality. Like, Oh, I have what I have. And if I lose it, I may never find anything else and a lack of like self-worth and faith in myself and in the universe, I guess. Um, So I didn't do it. I stayed where it was comfortable. I didn't, I, I couldn't imagine how it would work out the other way. I just didn't feel safe in doing it. And I didn't feel safe in uncertainty. I didn't, I hadn't yet had enough of a, I think this is what I'm just putting this kind of together right now, but in the polyvagal theory framework and like that therapy. And again, I'm not a therapist, but they talk about building capacity, building capacity for um, like social engagement. And also I think building a capacity, this is me interpreting it for like being with uncertainty as humans, we can do that. Um, and as we have experiences with uncertainty where things turn out to be even more amazing than we could have imagined. And it turns out that things aren't as bad as we anticipated, then it becomes easier and easier to like take ourselves to the edge of that, that, comfort zone every time and expand, expand, expand. I didn't have very much capacity back then. And I wonder, (laughs) I wonder how frustrating that must have been or could have been. And maybe this is my projecting because I get frustrated with people in my life. Um, But how frustrating it may have been for those supporting me, like my, my healers and also my friends who at the time you know, like attracts like. We're very much in similar spaces, I think. Um, so I, I, it was like we all kind of just complained together. It was a very complainy relationship. Um, but looking back, I wonder how frustrating it must have been for my healers to witness me meeting this edge of safety and fear and pulling back because I really think that they could probably see more clearly than I could this like bigger picture, this bigger, mm, I hesitate to say truth because truth is so like, what is it really? But this bigger thing that 
if I chose that path, I actually could find what I needed. Like they probably knew that and they probably knew that just because they were less attached to, to my experience and maybe they had discovered that through their own experiences that, um, it was that it was out there that I wasn't, um, as unsafe as I thought that I was, that I wasn't as unsupported as I thought that I was, and that there was a lot more possibility than I could see. Um, And if they were frustrated, God bless them, they never really showed it. Um, Yeah, they never really showed it. I did have some practitioners have some real talk with me, (laughs) Um, but they, it, it was always so kind and loving and compassionate. And I think that, that is, I mean, that's a good, that's a good healer. I've had brilliant, amazing, loving, kind, open-hearted healers. And I've been so, so lucky to learn from them. Even if the lessons are just sinking in now, they're, they're sinking in. And, and that's kind of what I mean about this readiness that they transmitted something to me at a time that I just couldn't, it couldn't land yet. Um, I have chills right now and like feel like I might tear up, but it's landing now and it's all like coming together so powerfully. Um, And so that brings me to acceptance. They worked with me where I was at and um, oh yeah, so I was gonna, I have some notes here and um, like I said, some practitioners had some real talk with me and I feel like at the time, even he said this, he was like, well, this is not something I would typically say to a patient and I don't want to freak you out. Um, but he could see, I was reading this book when the body says no by Gabor Mate, all about the stress disease connection. And I was having these pains and he said, you know, honestly, he's like, from what I can see and feel in the energy of your system, if you don't create something soon, if you don't express yourself, if you don't take a step in the direction of these dreams that you have, your risk of cancer is high. He's like, I, that, that's just, you know, that, that's just what I feel in the energy. And he was, he was so gentle and he was so careful. And I feel like he, um, you know, I don't think that that is something that a, (laughs) a healer, like, I don't want to say, like, I don't think it's something that they would typically say to someone. Like, I don't think it's really, um, they're probably taught to keep those things to themselves. I would think, I don't know. Um, but I appreciated what he said and, you know, Hey, here I am. (laughs) Maybe he was right. And I, I do think that in a way I was ready to hear that, but then I chose not to take it as seriously as I could have. And I don't think I understood how to take it seriously and how, how to do that. And I didn't have the... I don't know, the guidance, the inspiration, just this, the experience yet, I wasn't ready. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for what he said and I'm grateful for his patience because he continued to care for me and not be like, look, you got to do this. You got to do this. Um, because that doesn't work. (laughs) That would have created more fear and more shame. And that's exactly the opposite of the direction of, um, that we, that needs to, that things need to go in order for someone to take the next step on a healing journey. It's, it's more about safety. So he just kept creating the safety. He didn't tell me what he told me to, to like, um, push me through fear. He was honest and saw, Hey, I'm reading this other thing, this opinion, um, jives with, you know, what you're learning. So maybe that'll like have a light bulb moment. At least that's what I 
that I'm so just assuming that that's what he was going through and that was his thinking. I actually have no idea, but that's, that's the story in my head, right? So obviously, as you can hear, this has just, what I'm learning right now has prompted so much reflection and looking back in my life at these like breadcrumbs of, of ahas and learning and insight and experiences is just, it's all coming together. You know, the books, the healers, their advice, um, the things that happen in my life, they all at some point may have seemed so disparate, but they're really, I see how they weave together in this fabric of my life. And there are echoes of things and new insight. Um, and in looking back, it's just so easy to go into the regret, the if only, then maybe I'd be in a better place. But I mean, that's not serving. I, I realize that reflection, I think is serving. But <clears throat> reflection is serving. But moving into regret isn't because I will never know how um, things would have been if I chose something different because I didn't. I didn't. I can't know that if I would have went and studied acupuncture that I'd be in a better place. I may have been miserable and and decided to take my own life because I couldn't handle the stress of schooling and I'd feel like a failure, you know? So there's just no way of knowing. Um, but I think that reflecting and seeing how past patterns have played out might give me an opportunity to move forward and think a little differently when something comes into my my view, my experience that kind of bristles me a little or seems interesting. Like maybe I'll be able to go forward with it in a different way. Um, and I hope that I can move forward with the same acceptance for myself that my healers have had for me. Um, and, and just be patient. That's the compassion piece of, of what I want to cultivate this year. I see, you know, right, right here, there's the compassion and the curiosity coming through, be more curious and question, you know, what it is that I need in the moment and how I'm feeling. And if this feeling of fear is, you know, where it's coming from and how I can work with it and how I can follow my impulses um, with more um, ease, I guess, with more confidence. I don't know. Um, and that, that takes me back to the readiness piece. Um, I guess assessing what I was talking about there is assessing like, if I'm ready. And I, I don't know if, I don't know, readiness is interesting because I don't know if we ever really truly feel ready for things. Um, sometimes maybe, but yeah, that's I'm what I'm speaking to is that unease that we can feel. And the, this reminds me of a quote that fear is just excitement without breath. So it's really a fine line, the fear, the fear of going into something new and then embracing excitement of going into someone, something new. Um, okay. So I'm going to go back to my notes here, what I wrote about readiness. Um, so it takes me back to that quote. If everyone did this, then blank would be better. Like if everyone just went and had an amazing psychedelic experience, they would see that we're all one and the world would be a better place. So like, let's just put acid in the water, right? No, bad idea. Um, or if everyone meditated, people would be so much more calm and, and collected. No, meditation might unhinge some people. But the point is, is that like when we have a good experience, we want to share it. I 
have felt that way, just like I talked about, about those things in the beginning of the podcast. And it's human, human nature. And I think it's behind our economy as much as it is our community and our desire to share experiences. Um, Sam Harris talks about this with psychedelics, about how, like I said, like, why don't we just dose everyone and the world would be a better place. But for some people, they wouldn't be able to handle going to that place that they take you because they don't have enough of an anchor in like their self or reality to be able to return there, to have a sense of safety. And Vipassana was challenging for me, 10 days of silence and meditation. And it was really beneficial, but it could be harmful for some people. I had recommended it to someone, they signed up and eventually they decided not to go. And I had spent enough time with that person more to realize that I think that was really the best choice for them because their capacity for being in silence, for not having outside stimulation and for being able to be just with themselves just wasn't really there. And so to throw themselves into that could have been really, really shocking and and, um, provoked so much discomfort and a sense of unsafety that they may have like recoiled from that type of stuff forever or worse. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but it, you know, I I know people go into psychedelics and come out with like psychosis and stuff. I don't know if a 10 day silent meditation retreat could do that, but it could have been more damaging than good is the point. Um, And that was something that was brought up in the workshop this weekend that sometimes simply meditating and going inward, like having that cue for meditation can be too overwhelming for a person and that a better thing is to have them focus on sound because it anchors them in the the world and the world outside of them without you know putting them into too much of an inward focus where it might not be safe for them. Um, and uh, the actual the the thing that kicked this off is someone thought that restorative yoga was something people everyone should do and for me, restorative yoga at some point was way too down. I was, it made me way too tired there. And even now there are so many folding exercises and collapsing exercises that I can feel really icky after a restorative yoga session because it's not balanced enough for me. I need more restorative opening, opening in the chest and the hips and the back and, and, relaxing into that part. I don't know how to describe it. Um, yeah, just an opening energy is, is what my body needs. And it reminds me of this book that I read, Eastern Body, Western Mind by Anadea Judith. And she talks about knowing she, she, she marries psychology and the chakra system And I found it really, really interesting. She talks about knowing what a system needs and where the energy is and whether a system needs to be discharged or be charged and have energy put into it. And I think that that's kind of what I feel with like restorative yoga is that my energy doesn't need to be compacted and collected inwards. It needs to be more expanded and encouraged outwards is maybe what I'm feeling. I don't know. That's, I'm speaking just from my experience. I'm not a trained somatic healer. I am a trained yoga teacher, but not in that, uh, not in the restorative modality. Um, and what it, what it comes down to with this is that we all have unique experiences. We all have unique life experiences, which leave us with unique nervous systems and unique psyches. And so what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for another at that time because maybe they're just not ready yet. Like I, I'm trying to think, Vipassana was mentioned to me for a while before I did it. 
I actually booked a class and then canceled it and rescheduled. I wasn't ready for it. Yoga even, I think I dabbled in it and then I wasn't quite ready for it. Um, and this is going to bring me to how I, I'm seeing, I'm moving from a view of regret to how my path is perfect. Because if I set the regret aside, the what if, blah, 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 I can see how everything led me, every experience led me to the next one and helped me be ready for it. Like I, my experience with MDMA, I had 10 years of talk therapy before encountering MDMA or psychedelics. And if I hadn't had that and I had encountered it at some other time in my life, I may have ended up some like some person rolling around in the dirt at music festivals on the regular um, instead of encountering it with the background that I had and the awareness that I had from these years of therapy and really being able to be intentional with it and, and curious about the experience on a level that was therapeutic. I mean, I didn't do these things in a, in a like therapeutic setting, the way that they're being done through maps and stuff, but it was, it was therapeutic. And I think that I, it's those past experiences I had that enabled them to be that way for me. Um, because I, I shunned all, all drugs and partying for a long time. Um, and in contrast, I know people who didn't, people who found the comfort in them early on and then had trouble with them. And that could have very easily been me. I think if I would have found that stuff when I was younger, that would have become my way of coping. I didn't, so my way of coping was spending money and eating food. Um, so, it, you know, just that, that was my path. Um, even yoga, I first found it at a yoga studio here in San Diego, Pilgrimage of the Heart, and really loved it. And I found it in a spiritual way of, of learning it. I even was a part of a book club that they had, um, and we studied The Alchemist. And that was the first, I feel like it was one of the first books that really like opened me to this idea of a soul and the universe. Um, I also happened to meet this amazing woman, Tony there, who she herself would have an experience with a brain tumor and has gone on to do just really incredible things and be an inspiring person. And she's currently um, building a school bus for herself to travel in. Um, she's already done the whole living on the road thing, traveling out of a van. And um, it just has a really amazing story about following her, her soul's purpose. Um, and I went away from yoga for a little while and have come back to it. And I'm now at pilgrimage of the heart again, but I didn't stick with it and that's okay. Um, things come and go as we need them and we come and go to them as we need them. I think, um, even like my relationship with my partner, I think is, I mean, it was perfect in that it opened me up to a healing with my dad and myself and an understanding of, um, my patterns, um, also introduced me to the world that I needed to have access to self-expression. Um, I have a friend that I met while I was working at General Atomics and she opened up the world of food as healing for me. I should say she deepened it because I already had some experience in that like CrossFit paleo realm, but we ended up having more of a um, spiritual based, not, not when we first did our cleanse. I mean, maybe there was some spirituality to it. Um, but it's as our friendship has evolved, that peace has come in. And then all the books that have flowed to me at the right time, even when I picked them up and put them down or reread them, um, 
they, I, I've been able to connect the dots and put together a bigger picture of life and understanding of, of soul and mind and body through them and then travel in some ways. I regret that I hadn't traveled that much when I was younger that I like had this missed opportunity, but I don't think that I was ready. I don't think I would have been okay outside of the unknown. Um, when I took that trip, I had been out of the country before, um, traveled with a friend to England and Ireland, but I had never traveled alone outside of the U S I traveled for work alone, but that was a little different. Um, but when I went to Australia and really like got outside my comfort zone, it was just so amazing. So amazing. And I was ready. I was ready for it then. Um, so yeah, my, my path really has been perfect because, um, it has to be, um, <laughs> uh, that's the story that I want, that I want to even tell instead of the story of regret, because I really just don't know. It's such wasted energy. I, I do not and will never know anything but what is now. Um, and I like where I am now. I'm alive. I'm expressing myself. I'm still having feelings that aren't pleasant sometimes. I'm still feeling lost sometimes. I'm still feeling down sometimes. And that's okay, but I'm learning so much. And my relationship to fear and safety has shifted um, because of what I've learned, because of the people I've met, because of what I've been through. And so I'm, I guess I'm building a capacity to be with that fear and uncertainty and to, in building trust in myself and in the world that it will be okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm where I am at on this path and from where I'm at right now, I think from what I can see, the fear doesn't ever go away. Um, we just transform our relationship to it as we transform our relationship with ourselves. Um, and so that start before you're ready thing feels more, more true and safe for me. Um, and it may not for you, may not for anyone else. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to remember for other people in my life and to remember that, um, we're all here on our own path. We're all here on our own journey and we all have our reasons for what we choose. Um, I think I assume that's what my healers saw as they were guiding me down my path. And I'm grateful for their level of compassion and acceptance. And I, I want to embrace that level of compassion and acceptance for the people in my life. Um, you know, <laughs> for the people who don't want to do restorative yoga and who don't want to do Vipassana and who don't want to meditate and who aren't comfortable talking about real deep feelings. They're just not ready. And accepting that is the best thing that I can do for them. And it's the best thing that I can do for me when I'm not ready to embark on what I think I should embark on, you know, what I'm, whatever is maybe provoking some fear in me. Um, so I'm going to go back to my notes here hard when we see how we think choosing something different would be better, but somebody refuses. And especially if that choice has very real impacts on us, like I'm thinking about when people choose to keep drinking or stay in a really bad relationship or keep um, treating their children the way they're treating them or eating poorly, uh, av avoiding emotions and intimacy. It's um, you know, we, we can see maybe how the other way is a better way, but if it's not something that that person feels ready for, then they can't, 
and that's okay. Um, like I said, I was offered so many better ways too, without nearly as much pressure as I've offered to some other people in my life at times, but, um, nobody could make me change. It just had to happen for me as it happened. And I have to trust that it will happen for others as it needs to happen. If, if it needs to happen for them, they may not ever be ready. And that is a really hard thing to accept, um, when it's someone that we care about. Um, another quote that came, kept coming to me, um, as I was thinking about this and from the workshop this weekend is one that I have framed and keep near my desk. I got it. Um, it was in the gift bag from C school. It's an Eckhart Tolle quote. If you get the inside, right, the outside will fall into place. Um, at the workshop, we were encouraged to think about a relationship that we wanted to shift. And I had listed a couple relationships, but the first one was the relationship with myself and understanding myself and how I felt and my body and how, how my body worked on a physical level. Um, you know, that's the whole polyvagal theory and how the vagus nerve works in our body, uh, and creates, our lens of experience. And I listed that first because I believe that our relationship to ourself is the basis for all of our relationships. So when we shift that one relationship, everything else can shift. And that's the essence of that quote. If you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. Um, and I think that that is how we change the world and other people, not directly, you know, I just, we can't, we can't, but that's how we, that is how we create our only, how am I going to say this? Um, When we show up differently, then everything around us is different. It feels different to us when we're different. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but focusing on ourself and what we're doing and our way of thinking, our beliefs and our nervous system, how comfortable and safe we feel is the way that things shift first. And I think that... um I think that, well, I have something in my notes here that I think I want to get to before I move on to the next part. Um, Oh, so I think I said this. When we shift, even if it's just within ourselves and it's our perception, it's maybe how we show up, um, and then we start seeing other people differently and experiencing them differently, it can cause frustration and anger. And that's where the acceptance piece comes in and the compassion and understanding their readiness and maybe how they're feeling a lack of safety. You know, they don't feel that it's, it's safe to go into discovery or curiosity or take a step or, um, embark on a shift. I mean, we just don't know what's going on for them and which takes us, takes us back to just, getting our inside right. And that might be shifting our experience and the acceptance. It's kind of, it's circular, you know? So a couple other things came up for me, quotes about um, really this from the inside out kind of thing, be the change you wish to see in the world. I mean, that gets plastered all over Instagram, right? But it's cliche for a reason, I think that when we show up as the change that we want to be, like I just said, then that's when our our relationships change, the world changes in some way. And we also become a model of possibility and inspiration and a teacher in our own right through our shared experience. Um, I think that's very much consciously or not 
why I'm doing the podcast here is that, you know, through shared experience that I want to inspire others. I guess I didn't really think of it as me being the change that I wish to see in the world, but maybe I am. That's pretty cool. That's, <laughs> that's flattering and exciting. And also, why am I not like, fuck yeah, I am being the change. I, because I am. I'm being the change. The, these things that I'm talking about are not things that in that have been, I mean, like I said, through my healers and stuff, yes, but um, in a lot of places that I've been in, it hasn't been uh, a thing that's talked about in the, in like our greater world society at large, it's maybe not, um, it, it's different than the status quo. So yeah, I'm being the change. Um, and heal yourself, heal the world. Um, which is very similar, I think. Um, but all, like goes from not just inspiring others and giving others permission to go into this work and showing that it's safe to go into this work and it's safe to heal. It's safe to shift and change your mindset and have boundaries and, and own your emotions and get to know them. But also that when we stop hurting, we stop hurting others. When, when we stop, when I, like, when I stop expecting other people to take care of my emotions and I take care of them for myself, I'm not putting someone out. I might still go to people for comfort and ask them to be there for me. And that's okay. And it also, <laughs> that shows, um, it reveals healthy relationships and encourages healthy relationships. But um, when we stop hurting, we stop hurting others. We stop projecting that down. And that that gets into something that um, I've been thinking about a lot since this weekend. Uh, and that's generational trauma. Something that I have been thinking about, but haven't haven't explored deeply, I suppose. In some ways I have, because I've looked at how my dad's relationship to alcohol really affected my life, you know? Like clearly, like that's that's a trauma. But there are more subtle levels, I think, of generational trauma that are passed down. And, you know, it's like, I like that um, in the workshop that I took, Jennifer didn't refer to it as trauma necessarily, or, you know, she just kind of like took it to experience. But there are these experiences through the generations that have built and have created our way of being now that isn't, isn't really working for us. And so looking back, how to heal that, and also how to still be present to that experience. Um, you know, I, I am, as I am exploring this, um, maybe my parents aren't, maybe my siblings aren't. Um, if you're on a healing path, maybe you've noticed this too, that as you grow, as you come to some deeper realizations and as you share them, you're not accepted or you're seen as stirring the pot <laughs> or friends start to think you're a weirdo. Um, and I don't, I'm not really sure how to dive more deeply into this and let some of it go and transform and heal. So that's, that's my next step. That is something that I am taking that you can probably hear like the edge of uncertainty and fear in my voice in like doing that, but I'm ready to do it. Um, 
And I've discovered recently the work of Irene Lyon. And I'm really, she's just, she's incredible. If, if you don't know who she is, I'll link her in the show notes and you should check her out. Um, I am very, very drawn to her upcoming course, uh, Smart Body, Smart Mind. So I want to dive in and, and heal my nervous system system at a deeper level and um, also explore some other avenues of just working with generational trauma, whatever that means. So if, if that's your thing, if you've done this work, if you're aware of it, if you have resources, please send them my way. Um, and I would really appreciate it. I will, um, because I'm here to heal myself and heal the world and be the change I wish to see in the world. Um, it's an experience that I will be sharing more of as I'm ready. Um, as the timing is right, because it's not always right when we're like really deep in it, you know? Um, so that's that, uh, I guess the like big takeaway from this episode would be that, um, we're all ready when we're ready. And that um, if we just focus on ourselves first and get to know ourselves and our own sense of, of feeling safe and being in our body and really working on that inside relationship first, then we have the ability to be with other people and to have an effect, I think, a like a, a more positive effect and that, um, trust that everything is unfolding perfectly on your path. Follow the impulses of curiosity when they come up. And if you notice that there is fear or if you notice that something's not okay, ask yourself what you can do to, to feel better, to feel more grounded. And I don't mean turning to a drink or a drug um, because maybe that's the way. Um, I think that's the way that a lot of us find comfort and safety. You know, for me, going to food was finding comfort and safety. That's why I said that it's really frustrating when we can see how someone choosing differently would be better, but they refuse. Like, you know, they choose to drink instead because that's the way of creating safety. So maybe, maybe ask yourself if you have some, some dysfunctional way of creating safety that's holding you back. I don't know. Just some little ending thoughts. Um, but yeah, that was a lot. Thank you for listening and sticking around and just, being present for this shared experience. Um, maybe like, like this weekend did for me, um, it prompted some thoughts and interest in you or some like weaving together of things that you were already thinking about. If that's the case, get curious about it. (laughs) And if you have any questions, reach out to me. Um, go follow me over on Instagram at unraveling Rachel. I'm doing the uh, simple abundance readings in the mornings and I am also sharing what I'm eating. I'm gonna be documenting my gallon a day water challenge. And I also am going to talk more about these little rough patches that I go through because I don't want people to get the idea that things are always good. I guess it's easy to look at my Instagram and think that. Um, But, you know, the other day I cried and I took a bath in the afternoon and I cried some more and yeah, yeah, it was, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah, go follow me over on Instagram. I'll be sharing the real unraveling stuff there. Also, um, tonight I'm hosting a circle for, uh, wellness seekers in San Diego. So if you're a woman in San Diego who is struggling with some sort of 
you know, undiagnosed illness, mysterious illness, just not feeling very well, doctors aren't giving you an answer, or you're doing all the right things, and you're still not feeling better, this is the circle for you. And um, through my goal is to build community and really explore and discover and find a path of healing through shared experience. That's happening and will happen again in two weeks. So I'd love to have you join me there. If you found this episode or any episode of the podcast beneficial, please do me a favor and share it with someone else that you think might find it beneficial. And if you will please, please, please leave me a review, that would really help me expand this community and get this shared experience out there uh, for others to benefit from. All right, until next week, and who knows, maybe there will be an inspired unraveling before then, but if not, I will definitely chat with you again next week for weekly unraveling number five. I hope that um, you're all well until then. Lots of love.